Take pause, notice the inhale, the exhale, and the space between. This is a practice episode on Spaces Between with your friend and host, Al Jeffrey. In these episodes, we take our exploration into restoring connection in the 21st century, in our personal lives, our relations, and our communities, and we explore practices, both personal and relational, that support us in cultivating wisdom and compassion, that help us come into greater relationship with the wholeness of who we are, and build the capacity to hold ourselves and those around us with a little more grace, so we can reweave a culture that nourishes a little more of the human condition. It's a big game, but it begins with us, so let's slip out of mundane time into sacred time and explore a practice that will support us in this journey. All right, all right. Hello, hello. It's been some time since I've done a practice episode, and I'm feeling quite invigorated reinvigorated, you might say, to, to do more practice episodes and to really dive into some of the yeah, practices that really ground our exploration here on the podcast into our daily lives, into our relationship to ourself and in our relationship to others and in our relationship to the web of life all around and within and through us. Um, doesn't that just sound so juicy? So, yeah, I'm really feeling a kind of reinvigoration of intent for this inquiry here into restoring wholeness in self and society. Sometimes I personally get a little, well, I think we all do, right? But a little lost, a little bit swung astray. And I find, you know, in holding this work, which is quite systemic, complex in nature, you know, to really try and hold the whole and to work with the parts. But from the perspective of the whole, it does take quite a bit of psychic and emotional capacity to remember why it is I'm doing this and to stay connected and tethered to to this. Because it's quite complex work to constantly be weaving worlds between, you know, the self and the deep inner psyche and the soul and the work that we all must do within our own beings in the world. And then also relationally with those around us and socially, and then also systemically. So there's quite a few realms and sometimes they get a little lost and buried amidst it all and kind of uh, lose the zest for it. But I'm feeling very clear and connected again and really excited to, to share, I suppose, the intention for these episodes is to the intention for the conversation episodes is to explore more of the, I suppose, philosophy, the story, the, the theory around restoring wholeness and self and society, looking through integral philosophies and systems-based perspectives, really hearing heartfelt stories from those who are in the world doing this work and also those who have, who have done this work for centuries. And the intent for these episodes is to really start to chunk down into maybe, you could say, some of the parts that contribute to the whole. So some of the specific practices, and in my case, given my focus, is very much on some of the practices within ourselves to restore wholeness, to start to integrate our parts, to come into right relationship with parts of ourselves that maybe we've pushed out of awareness, and to build capacities to constantly be able to steward our own return to wholeness. Those capacities involve things like meditation and contemplative practices that help us be our own guides um, and constantly notice what's 
just outside of our awareness and welcome it in with a kind of tenderness and benevolence. Uh, and then those practices are also social practices. So looking into the kind of realm of relational intelligence into how we pattern relationships for wholeness or not, how we celebrate diversity or how we remain in division. And so looking at some of these social technologies that help us, I suppose, undertake a kind of transformative justice from the inside out, ultimately, when I really tap into, or maybe when I do have a little journey myself and I really remember what my, or my sense of stewardship here, what it is I feel I'm really here to be part of weaving. It is a transformative justice from inside out. It's unraveling the weight that we carry that means we turn against ourselves and also means we turn against each other, unbeknownst to ourselves, because we swim in culture and we catch culture. In the same way we catch a cold, we catch culture. And so we are still contributing, many of us, to division, to injustices in our own lives and in, in our societies. And so this kind of transformative justice from the inside out is really about peeling back those layers for ourselves because inherently our self-liberation contributes and helps us build capacity to contribute to a kind of social reform and ecological renewal. So that's a lovely little, little spiel. But I suppose today I just really wanted to share some things around mindfulness practice that I find really useful and I suppose a real piece around the kind of punctuating pause and the importance of putting commas on things, not full stops in our own life. Bit of a grammar metaphor here. And I suppose mindfulness for me, I've gone a little away from talking about mindfulness because it's unfortunately feels like we've, I don't know, moved on from it. It's like we had an era where mindfulness was the word, was the thing. And then we've kind of moved on, which is unfortunate because it, it is a real foundational pillar to our lives and to this, to this reform we talk about. It's the way we catch ourselves in patterns. Um, it's, you know, our mind, it said our brain, not our mind, our brain uses between 20 and 25% of our energy that we produce in our physiology, in our bodies. And so to protect that energy, our mind creates patterns, it creates habits, it creates templates so that it doesn't have to reprocess information all the time and it can conserve that energy, which means we end up living patterned lives. And we all know this, but mindfulness helps us punctuate, helps us puncture maybe that pattern. Uh, and in that puncture, in that punctuation, that kind of hyphen or uh, comma, not full stop, we give ourselves a chance to intervene, to rewrite, to at least reflect in question. And so it's an incredibly important practice and has been part of many, many ancient wisdom traditions for a reason. And so I just wanted to note a little bit about my own journey of mindfulness. And I suppose I'll just begin by sharing what I feel for myself, the differences between mindfulness and meditation. Meditation is rooted in the word madur, which is you know, the same root for medicine, which means to 
to pay attention. Medicine to pay attention to the body. Meditation to pay attention to the mind. Medir. And so meditation is a practice of paying attention. It's a practice of paying attention with the intention to heal. And heal, the etymology of the word heal is rooted in the meaning to restore wholeness. Meditation is to pay attention with the intention to restore wholeness. So meditation is a practice. It's a seated formal practice. So formal meditation is known as that seated 10, 20, 30, 60 minute meditation period where we're there to observe the mind. We're there to start to understand, to be reflective, not reflexive. Mindfulness or informal practice is where it leaves the meditation cushion, comes into our lives. So in a sense, and this is my perspective, of course, but is from, you know, studying it for the last 10, 12 years. Meditation is the practice to help us cultivate the capacity to then take the practice off the cushion into our lives, into our informal practice. Meditation is a practice to help us cultivate the state of mindfulness, which is to be objectively aware of environment, sensation, thought, emotion, moment to moment. And so it helps us cultivate that mindfulness that can then lend into our daily lives. And meditation, a, I suppose a way of looking at meditation, uh, sometimes I say the architecture of meditation, which I find really useful because it is just really real and includes thinking in meditation, not to, I suppose it's a kind of way of speaking to or rounding out this notion that to meditate is to stop thinking. Bullshit. Meditation is to notice, to be aware, to have that, to be in and from that observing state. And so, yeah, I'll just lay it out. I'm doing it with my hands right now visually, but of course you can't see that. So there are, in this kind of architecture of meditation, four steps. The first step is to create an anchor. The anchor is usually connected to one of our senses because our senses, it said, are the only thing that are really in touch with this reality moment to moment. There's no conjecture, there's no inference, there's no meaning-making or thought, emotion about it. It's just this felt sense of this moment. You know, it's related to our limbic brain, our brain stem, our reptilian brain, the brain that was simply in a kind of animalistic relationship with the lived world around us. It wasn't feeling anything about it and it wasn't making sense of it definitely not and so the anchor usually has something to do with one of our senses and i mean it's just like finding shoes where you just have to try a number of different meditations to see which one fits we can't expect the first one we try to fit at all so for me sound is really useful and feeling of my body sensation very kinesthetic but for some people sight might be more useful or smell And it does have a little to do with your learning style as well. Some of us are visual learners. Some of us are more auditory. Some of us just need to do it, get on the bike and fall over. Much more kinesthetic. That's just me, unfortunately. But to choose an anchor, to choose a sense to anchor ourselves in, what is it that we can feel? What is it we can hear? So first step, anchor the attention. The next step, this is my favorite one, is the mind will wander from the anchor. And it's a step because it's absolutely crucial 
because it will happen. Lao Tzu said that to think we can stop thinking is similar to thinking we can, you know, put out the sun with a hose or a fire extinguisher. It's ridiculous. The nature of the mind is to think. And so the second step is that the mind will think. It will wander from the anchor. So then the third step is to notice that we've wandered. And this is the real practice to be able to notice when we've wandered from our anchor. And the fourth step is to return to the anchor. So choose an anchor, play with it, have fun, do it on the dance floor, do it in the bedroom, choose an anchor and play with the senses, see which one really suits you. And it will change, of course, over time as well. Wander from the anchor. You don't have to do this one. It's done for you. But you do have to notice when you've wandered. And then you have a choice to come back. And in this kind of architecture of meditation, we, we start to also then have the ability to create our own meditations. You know, it's a bit of a DIY project then. We can really do it ourselves wherever we are. Waiting in line for a tea or a coffee. On the tram, wherever you are, you can choose an anchor. You will leave it. And you can choose to come back. And I suppose it's also important to note, and sometimes I'll say when I am giving talks or running workshops, is that you know many of us are allergic to the term mindfulness or meditation. And it's very understandable. But meditation or mindfulness can also be reframed simply as retraining our attention. Retraining our attention in the way that we are noticing when we've gone adrift and building a kind of choicefulness in the ability to come back. And in our world, when we've got whole teams of psychologists building products to keep us hooked on certain web pages, platforms, and devices, retraining our attention is an incredibly crucial skill to having sovereignty, power, choicefulness, agency, impact in our lives, to simply living our life, actually, having this choicefulness and being able to retrain our attention is vital. And so if you think of it in that sense as well, not just in a kind of well-being, self-improvement lens, but it's actually about building agency, freedom, liberation, choice, unlocking ourselves from a system or the zeitgeist, and then choosing a way we'd like to place ourselves. It has to do with that freedom. And so the piece around letting the mind wander and noticing and coming back is where that work happens. So that's a little snippet of the architecture of meditation. And the piece around the punctuating pause is having these punctuation marks throughout your day. And it might be useful to have them be at natural transition points. So when you go from one activity to the other, when you put your phone down after a call, when you pick it up to have a look to see if you've got some messages or emails, when you close your computer at the end of the day, and I hope you do, hope it doesn't stay open, when you get out of the shower, any transition point can be a great opportunity for a punctuating pause and punctuating because they punctuate your day. They help you building moments of these micro practices, these moments for self-regulation, for self-reflection, for retraining your attention. In other words, for your own freedom and connection. And so a punctuating pause, for me, I find it useful. Sometimes I'll draw a circle on the back of my hand or I'll have a certain bracelet on something that I, and I draw a circle on the back of my left hand because I also wear a watch on my left 
wrist. And so when I look at the time, I'll also see this circle in the back of my left hand. And so I look at the time, which usually invokes a sense of urgency of like, oh shit, I've got this much time left and haven't done this, that or the other. But then I also look at the circle and it reminds me of impermanence, that it will keep going around. There is no rush. Take pause. And so maybe you do have a little anchor or something that reminds you to take or to create these punctuation marks throughout your day. And these punctuation marks are just for your informal practice, for maybe, yeah, choosing a sense, connecting with the breath, connecting with the sounds, something to connect with your lived bodily experience of the world. And then usually I'll also just ask one simple question, two simple questions. What am I feeling? And what do I need right now? So connect with the breath, connect with the sensation. What am I feeling? And what do I need right now? And so that can be three simple breaths. You know, some people say, oh, if you're feeling a bit stressed, just take, take some deep breaths. That's great. What do you do with your breaths? Like, give me a bit more information. And that's, this is what I've come up with, is those three breaths. One is to connect with the senses and the body. Second is to ask myself, what am I feeling? And to really just drop into the feeling tone. Yeah, I'm feeling angry, feeling rushed, feeling anxious. And then quite content, whatever it is. And then the third, what do I need right now? And there might be to take a longer break, maybe to have a shower, go for a run, tell this person or ask for another conversation because it's actually something that, yeah, I'd like to talk about. And so I'm going to see if, if there is a time that we can have a conversation. And so take, punk, well, make opportunities for punctuation marks throughout your day. So this was, I suppose, just a little note to welcome you greater into practice with me in these episodes. And hopefully they do. Some of them will be more so sharing some of the theory, some of the technique of the practice, and some of them will be guided practices themselves. And so I'm also curious, of course, I want this to be a dialogue between us, not just me riffing. And so I'm curious if you could, if you do find anything more useful, whether it is theory and technique or practice or both, if you'd like there to be a little bit of practice at the end of each one and a little bit of the theory and technique in the beginning, whether it is interpersonal practices and social practices or whether it is personal practices and practices cultivating our own awareness within ourselves, I'd love to hear. And of course, I'm just incredibly grateful to be sharing this inquiry with many of you. It's been incredible seeing how many and hearing how many people really do resonate with what it is that we're crafting. And I say we, because I see it is very much you in yourselves as listeners and myself together. So thank you. And I do really encourage you to, to please continue sharing out, to leave a review on Apple podcasts, to subscribe on Spotify and Apple podcasts and, and yeah, just to share and really engage online. I'm at aljeffrey.com. And I'm going to be sending out more regular emails and starting up a membership very soon with regular circles and many other cool offerings and opportunities to interact with each other and to sit in circle and practice together as we dance with these questions that we're all holding and navigating together. So I'm going to close with a piece of poetry by Meg or Margaret Wheatley from her The True Professional series. 
Too much of our action is really reaction. Such doing does not flow from free and independent hearts, but depends on external provocation. Such doing does not flow, it depends on external provocation. It does not come from our sense of who we are and what we want to do, but from our anxious reading of how others define us. Our anxious reading of how others define us and of what the world demands. When we react in this way, we do not act humanly. The true professional is one who does not obscure grace with the illusions of technical prowess. The true professional is one who strips away all illusions to reveal the reliable truth, a reliable truth in which the human heart can rest. Unveil the illusions, unveil the illusions that masquerade, the illusions that masquerade as reality and reveal the reality behind the masks. Cats catch the magician deceiving us, get a glimpse, a glimpse of the truth behind the trick. A glimpse. Contemplation happens any time we get a glimpse of the truth. Thank you all. Sending so much love and cuddles. And yeah, please do reach out. Please do connect. L Jeffrey, dot com, And yeah, thanks for swimming in the inquiry with me. Much love. Just taking a moment to sit, to feel, and to reflect on how you feel after this practice together. Notice maybe any revelations or reminders you might have received during the practice. And can you carry these revelations as cargo as you transition back into your day? If we're not already, make sure to connect with me on Facebook or Instagram, just at Al Jeffrey, A-L-J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, and make the most of the many other resources and programs that I share online at www.aljeffrey.com. Until next time, remember, we cannot rush our way back. So embrace the pause, notice connections, and tend to the sweet spaces between. Lots of love. Thank you.